an A to Z of UK TV drama with Andy Priestner and Martin Holmes. Hello and welcome to an A to Z of UK TV drama with me, Andy. And me, Martin. Hello. Hello. That was very newsreader hello, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're trying to, to give the air that we know what we're doing. Yeah, exactly. I was convinced. <laughs> well, there we go. That's, that's two of us. So we've reached the letter D. We have. Yeah. So what does that mean? Well... It appears to mean Doom Watch, or should I say Doom Watch? <laughs> dun dun dun, Doom, no. dun dun dun, Doom. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yes, lots of very doomy titles, lots of um, uh, uh, mushroom clouds. Whoa, exciting. Lots, lots of yes. Them. What was Doom Watch? <laughs> well, Doom Watch was was the brainchild of one Jerry Davis and Kit Peddler. And it was basically about, oh, this world is completely screwed. Let's write some dramas about it. Yeah, and 50 years on, the world is even more screwed. <laughs> uh, and strangely enough, a lot of what they were talking about seems uh, very relevant. Uh, we've picked two episodes, uh, sort of at random, and not not the famous ones that everybody talks about. So we're not doing The Rat. No, we're not doing Tomorrow the Rat or The Plastic Eaters. Or The Plastic Eaters or um, the, the Sahara. I think uh, Andrew and Lisa have done the Sahara one. On oh, the, Project Sahara, episode. yes. So uh, we, in our infinite wisdoms, <laughs> chose one from the middle of season two. And one I like how you say, you say we chose. I think you chose the one from series two. Well, uh, I, I certainly wanted to cover the untransmitted one, definitely. Oh, yes. Uh, no, the, that, For various reasons. Yes, Sex and Violence. But the one from series two is called... Uh, the Web of Fear. The Web of Fear. And now, of course, so we can say, oh, we're talking about the Web of Fear, and everyone will go, oh, and you're doing letter D, oh, but no, we're not doing that. No, indeed. No Yeti. No, no Yeti. You might regret that we're not. <laughs> yes. Tell me about it. That's why I'm saying that you chose to do the Web of Fear. <laughs> well, I, I thought it, I, I actually thought it was just an amusing uh, fact that sometimes you see the same titles turn up in different series. And, Indeed. And uh, sometimes I think that that's a kind of an interesting way of approaching a series because you think, oh, another series did that same title, and and this is a different take with the same title. And because uh, I think there's there's a, there's a couple of Star Trek, isn't a dagger of the mind crops up everywhere. Does it? I mean, I know Sins um, of the Father has been in every single yeah. TV series ever, that title. Yeah, precisely. So, it, so it, it's, kind of, it's kind of one of those. And I just thought, well, this might be an interesting thing to do a different take on. Mm. I mean, the series itself ran for three series uh, between 1970 and 1972. Yes. Uh, about 38 episodes were made uh, over the course of those three years. The cast changed an awful lot. There is one devastatingly remembered episode right at the end of series one. 
which seems to have been the high point of the series, uh, which is the one that people still talk about, which of course is the uh, the bomb at the end of the pier, which bumps off one of the main characters. The very uh, lovely so Robert Powell. The very lovely Robert Powell. <laughs> you can't call him Robert Powell. Clock you, face even you, as we speak. you have to say the very lovely Robert Powell. Is he a friend of yours? <laughs> no. Stunningly, I don't know anyone who works on Doomwatch. Oh, actually, I do. Are I know sure? Stephen Dudley. <laughs> <laughs> but we've done him already. Yeah, I know. We can't talk about him anymore. Um, I'm glad well, I don't drop know. Drop off the week. Yeah, I'm glad I don't know Simon Oates. My God. Um... <laughs> So we have Robert Powell, we have Simon Oates, we have uh, Joby Blanchard, John Paul. John Paul, and later mm. on we have what's she called? Who played Faye Chantry? What's the actress oh, called? I've, I've is that Jean Trend or is that someone else? G- G- um, hold on, uh, Anne Tarrant, played by Liz Weaver. No, no, Anne Tarrant, not Aaron Tarrant. I'm talking oh. about Faye Chantry, the one in the web. Oh, here. right. Uh, I'll find her. Oh, yes, Jean Trend. Yes, yeah. absolutely right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Faye Chantry. There's a, there's the name they give to a woman in this sort of series. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so I just want to talk briefly about um, the impact of Doomwatch. Um, okay. Reportedly, the government thought they were going to maybe set up a Doomwatch-style committee or working party as a result. Apparently, lots of questions in Parliament, but they always say that. Um, they were very much finger on the pulse and Kit Pedler very much the scientific drive to explore these things and particularly environmentalism and um, the fact that we were, were on a planet that we weren't taking care of, which of course is, is even more important now. Um, but they kind of were responsible for some changes. I think Pennant Roberts was saying that Doomwatch was responsible for unleaded petrol, which I Hooray! an interesting claim. <laughs> Because he had chairs in it. No. I, I'm always uh, possibly, but I'm always amused by the fact that they claim, you know, oh, wow, 13.6 million people watched one particular episode. And I'm mm. like, yeah, but in 1971, if 13.6 mm. million people are watching BBC One, then I bet 15 to 16 million are watching ITV because yeah. <laughs> that's because nobody enough. watched BBC Two. <laughs> exactly. I mean, so, you actually look at BBC Two listings around that time, and really, they were so highbrow. That actually, I must. I, they, it was actually very difficult for them to find an audience. Weirdly, I mean, you know, yeah. and the opera is on BBC Two. Yes, Interesting as well about the tensions between the the writers um, and creators and the producer, which very much um, scans all the way onto Survivors with producer Terence Dudley fighting with creator and writers. It's just the same scenario, really. Oh, I, f- I feel Terence had had his vi- his own vision of most things. Yes. and uh, and. Uh, but, but luckily, all, all this stuff got burnt down in that shed. Yes. <laughs> so I've been paying attention. You know? yes. Yeah, we can't explore any of that. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if it was in Terry Dudley's will that at a certain point Stephen Dudley had to ensure that his, all of his material was destroyed Maybe he, or he, he was put destroyed. on a pyre. You know? <laughs> Terence Dudley was put on the pyre. Yeah, they had a pyre of all his documents. And it was set, put on a barge and sailed off to the... Off to Sweden, presumably, because uh, that's where um, Greg Preston presumed he was going all the time. Norway, wasn't it? I think it was Norway. Norway, Norway. well, that, that neck of the woods. You don't say they're the same. I've spent all of last year in no, Sweden, God, no, and if, no, if no, you no, ever no. said that, they would, they would want to destroy you. Yeah, well, yes, uh, I mean, uh, we have Danish friends who think much of the same. Yes. So... Or are they Swedish? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to... Um, March on towards the web of fear. I think we'll the cover first. The web of 
fear. You have yes. to say it slow. You have to pause between every word. Indeed. The web of fear. So, yes. who's going to do synopsis? Shall I do the synopsis? I think you should. Okay. So, in the web of fear, a formerly disgraced scientist has been... Well, he wasn't very good at collecting evidence. Um, has been exploring how to use pesticides to kill off moths that are destroying a fruit crop on a small island off the coast of England somewhere. Silly Isles, maybe? I don't know. Um, meanwhile, lots of people are... Um, well, a few people are dying on this island of a mystery virus. Mm. And... <laughs> Let's hope there's not a long delay before this is broadcast. <laughs> Indeed, a very long delay. And <laughs> <laughs> this could be like sex and violence untransmitted. Uh, <laughs> and there's suddenly lots of people start to talk about spiders and we discover ultimately, shock horror, that the spiders are transmitting the virus having ingested moths. And not just the spiders, but also their webs are dangerous and must not be touched. Yes. So, um, So we set the scene for some... Very exciting capital letters moments of peril. Um, peril. On, Shenanigans. On this island. As perilous as they can be in a studio. <laughs> yes. Studio bound trauma. <laughs> yes. So, what did you make? <clears throat> what did you make of the way? Oh, we should also say it was written by. Who was? Who wrote it? I have no idea. Oh, I have got it written down somewhere. Hold it was directed on. by Eric Hills, who I knew from Survivors. Uh, the, the, oh, Jerry uh, Davis! Writing. It was Jerry Davis. Yeah, Jerry Davis uh, actually wrote this one himself. So, so it's his vision. Well, not very much is known about viruses. Unlike antibiotics for bacteria, we have no cheap, easily producible viricides. Experiments have been set up where viruses can be claimed to combine and mutate. Also, a virus can be introduced to trigger off a latent virus of a quite different species. Yes, uh, quite, Doctor Gently. What, what point are you trying to make? That whereas the virus in the moths is harmless, a chain reaction may have been started which has triggered off a latent virus in something else. Mm, I see your drift. Instead of yellow fever, it could be a new virus mutation. With Griffith's virus as the triggering off agent. How viable is this, Dr. Christ? Viable enough to pursue, anyway. Faye, um, send these samples over to microscopy unit for testing their virus content. If this virus did mutate, where and how did it happen? What was the host? So, what do you think of the web of fear, Martin? I feel it may not be Doomwatch at its best. <laughs> Let's put it that way. That was generous. Um, it's it's a, it's a difficult episode to love uh, for various reasons. Uh, <clears throat> I, I would like to say from the off is there's a blue death in it, which <laughs> you sort of think it, it, the green death was about three years later, two years later, yeah. and you do kind of feel... I felt there was a very Green Death vibe to the Blue Death, even though the Green Death was after it. Yeah. Uh, but actually, the Green Death did it better. Totally. No, oh, there... Is that it? <laughs> I, I, fizzled, I fizzled out there, haven't I? Sorry. <laughs> Finished. Okay. So, yeah, um... Right, so, and the other episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, I've got quite a lot to say about the Web of Fear. None of it is good. Um, no. For a I start... I feel off... that... Yes, go on. It started. I just feel that when you start off with John Savident naked in a sauna. I know. I was just about to say that John Savident <laughs> naked in a sauna. I don't know what he was wearing. I couldn't decide whether they're horrible brown shorts or whether it was a towel. I didn't want to. I look. thought it was laurel leaves. Oh, I know, <laughs> honestly. But there was someone else in the sauna with him. I don't know. A gentleman friend. No, yes. honestly, very his, his permanent or private secretary. I think it very was. odd. 
Um, mm, very odd situation for the government. I the also day. felt that it was really interesting because it was meant to be somewhere off Britain, but it felt like it was... Originally, I thought it was going to be somewhere tropical, but then I was very wrong about that. Mm. Um, Although, with all those steam rooms, you do actually wonder whether uh, the Scandinavian... <laughs> was was where they were thinking of as well, you know, oh, Scandinavian right. regions, but uh, possibly not. Scandinavian, yes. Scandinavian. I mean, because <laughs> this was some sort of health farm, wasn't it? Uh, you know, on oh, an island was somewhere. It? Yes, okay. Yeah. So, um, what I immediately um, was struck by was the fact that Quist and Dr. Faye Chantry were mm. going there to talk to the minister about a flood problem. Yes, flood but levels. Then, but right. then it turned into an issue about viruses. And I was thinking, oh, mm. my God, this is now. <laughs> this totally is now. And... Yes. And Boris was in the sauna. <laughs> yes. I know. Exactly. Oh, my God. Um, yes. You see, prescient. That's the word we're looking for. That is. Absolutely. Um, 50 years, but, uh, you know, but same old, same old. This programme is so hamstrung by how studio-bound it is and how exposition-heavy it is. I mean, yes. they just talk for, I don't know, so long about nothing. and it It is something you could accuse Doom Watch of, to be fair. Yeah. If if you actually think about, there was some criticism of, was it Orphan 55, the recent Doctor yeah. Who, of how it, having its preachy moments. Mm. When you think about, uh, certainly, well, I mean, uh, moving on to the end of the, the end of episode message speech. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. It's something that Doomwatch basically seemed to do every week. It was like, here's the here's the here's the article. Let's read chunks of it and put it in the script. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> There's lots of it, moments like that. Yeah, and what I find unforgivable is any drama series, however old it is, when totally unforgivable when they actually spend more time talking about things that sound interesting that happen off screen, and all well, the things yes. happening on screen are just like in a room talking about, oh God. My People lord, in a room talking, yes, particularly um, about how Glyn Owen's character of Dr. Griffiths um, was discredited at this conference in Stockholm. You see, there mm. is a Swedish connection, and yeah. how he he just wasn't very good at being a scientist, was he? And then, all at the end, it's all about oh, but he was actually a good scientist because mm. he was close to being Pasteur or close to being Einstein. I'm like, mm. no, he wasn't, he was shit, <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't gather evidence to save. I mean, he almost killed out all of mankind with this virus. Yeah. Well, exaggeration. Yeah. Well, no, but it, it's um, it, it's it, it's quite odd because you'll get a mention of yellow fever. Yes. But then you feel like you've suddenly had a lecture on what yellow fever is. Mm. Uh, now, maybe I don't actually think there was an electrode, but it just feels like there was. <laughs> you know, they have to say it's a bit like this and this is this, but yeah. that's not what it is. So it's something else. And it's almost like because otherwise questions will be asked. <laughs> yes. So they're, put, they're defending it, saying, oh, it's no, no, it's not yellow fever. Ooh, no, no, because we don't want people not going on their, their cheap package tour to the Costa Brava or whatever. Indeed. Yeah. I wrote, also wrote down on, on one of my M notes, least convincing spider peril in a drama ever. <laughs> well, there are, there's a, well, yeah, there are a lot of challenges for that title. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this still wins because all the spiders do is just sit on a web and not move. They don't even bother to move their legs at all. No, they don't move at all. They yeah. are basically dead or rubber spiders yeah. uh, painted blue. Yeah, uh, on actually fairly unconvincing web. <laughs> because as well. I actually said at one point, "Do those spiders ever move?" And Marisa turned to me and said, "No, because they're not real." <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes. Well, again, this is the series that bought us tomorrow the rat. <laughs> 
with the rats sewn onto their trousers. <coughs> so it's obviously a recognised technique in in the Doom Watch team, you know. Yeah. Uh, basically, if you've got if you've got a, a creature that's uh, running rampant, sew it to some. Yeah. <laughs> we shouldn't be cruel. Shouldn't you wear a hat? Never wear a hat. Spoils me. I do. What about the spiders? If they want to wear hats. It's entirely up to them. But the webs. They could be dangerous. Not with my secret weapon. But you may not see them. Supposing they drop on you. Any more words of encouragement like that from you and I shall scream idle. John! Hello. We now have definite evidence there's some kind of virus inside those spiders, so be very careful and watch out. And thank you for those few kind words, too. I'm going up over the hill to see if I can find that shaft. It may be necessary to find an easier way out than this. You mean if he's injured? Yeah. If he's ill with this new virus, then a yellow fever inoculation won't be any good, will it? We don't know. That tunnel is full of them. I also wrote down that 1971 is a terrible world, but then I think 2020 is a terrible world. Yes. But it's... it's 2020 is, terrible, is a terrible world in the sense that we should fricking well know better by now. Well, yes, and this the... is it. We've, we felt the world had got better than it was in yes. 1971, and what we seem to have done is gone full circle. So yeah. we obviously peaked about 1986 and then are now on the on reverse elastic back to 1971. Yes, and possibly uh, even beyond. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, we're on our way. Hey, I must also Ride the t- bike. Yes, I also must talk about the music, which in the perilous scenes, capital P, when they were uh, rescuing Glyn Owen from the mine shaft, oh, yes. for reasons I don't remember. Um, yes. The music on, went all war wartime, didn't it? Or, oh, yes. Or... I've got going on ladder in trouble music written down. <laughs> I've got ominous music written down. So, yeah, I feel, yes, the music played a part. <laughs> but this, I suspect, is, is actually part of the way of making something that is patently not ominous. <laughs> <laughs> yes, making it apparently Also, the ominous. audience at home knows if they're, off, if they're off making a cuppa, they'll hear, ooh, ominous music, I must come back in the quick, room. Quick, quick, ominous music. what's been sewn to their trousers this week. Yes. Or how many how many things from toy shops have been painted a different colour this week. <laughs> yes. Because we are trying to be positive about uh, UK television, yeah. this is this is possibly I don't, well, this is def by by some margin the earliest series we've done. Oh gosh, uh, yeah, so far, uh, and so you know it was a different style of television. I have got some we questions have, for have you. To forgive ourselves. Yes, <laughs> sorry, I have some no, questions for you. Oh, well, I'll see what I can do. So number one, uh, oh, it's a quiz. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do quizzes. <laughs> What happened to his gloves? What's the guy oh. called with the gloves? What's he called? Simon what, Ridge? Character. Ridge, yes. What happened yeah. to his gloves? Oh, God knows. Because suddenly they're God all knows. shredded and he's got blood all over his hands. Is that because he touched just... the web? He didn't touch the web, uh, did he? I don't think so. I think it's possibly just to imply a difficult climb or removing rocks from the rock fall or, or something like that. Okay. You know, he has, he has, I mean, if we were doing Dressed for Success... <laughs> Which we're not. No, God, no. <laughs> Uh, his his shirts uh, and his leather jacket combinations are just astonishing. And, and don't of course, forget the cravats. 
Well, cravats, yes, and and of course the uh, the purple um, uh, polo necks of, of John Paul as well, which which do get honourable mention. Gorgeous. Um, <laughs> but we we but we don't really want to dwell on those. No, but, um, I've got another but, question uh, for you. Okay, it's scientific outfits. <laughs> sea level question mark. What was that about oh. sea level and the mine shaft and how they had to get out? I don't understand why that. Was I I think the tide was coming in and and the and the the mine shaft itself was underwater, you know, below sea level. So even though so we didn't I, see the water rise at all. No. Well, okay. there's some there's some very peculiar. I don't I don't know whether it's a budget thing or what, but there's some very peculiar location work. Really so, odd. I mean, you get one shot, I think, of John Paul with his. Um, uh, binoculars, giant binoculars—they were huge. Did you see them? <laughs> uh, but, but, but that's like—have we flown them all the way to the, or taken them all the way to location just for that shot? Presumably, they filmed two or three at the same time. And yes, that just happened to be a shot left over from, or they they edited in. I mean, there's there's another strange one where um, uh, ridges by a, a cornfield or something. Yes, uh, and and some greenhouses where where the farmer where the insecticide has been trialed yeah uh, and it, and it all seems i mean you either think i mean i mean i, I know bbc budgets and, and technique and studio and film and all that kind of thing were the way things were done then but you really feel you could either put more film into this hmm. or done it all on film or a lot of those things really <laughs> if you've got people standing in rooms saying this has happened and that has happened i mean you might as well say oh i went outside with my binoculars you know <laughs> you know well, at least they went outside, which was, well, yes, I was worried for a shot they might not. I was quite yeah. nice when they arrived by boat. I thought that was a nice little scene. Yes. And um, we should mention Stephanie Bidmead, who played well, um, we should. Dr. Griffith's partner, Janine. Yes. Janine. So, yes. And she will be known to uh, yes. some of our regulars from her uh, Galaxy 4 uh, appearance, of course. Yes. Is it Galaxy 4? Yes, yeah, it is Galaxy Marga. 4. I have a horrible feeling I got that terribly wrong. No, you're <laughs> quite correct. That's all I knew her from, really, which is sad. Yeah. I hate it when Doctor Who fans only know them from one yes. thing, but that's what I just yes. did. In, um, in, a, in a, a various alarming blue polo necks. Yes. Yeah, but, you know, yeah. it goes with the colour. I mean, that's the, like, you know they weren't going to use CSO in this. <laughs> I don't believe Chris and the others are sharks. They tore your theory to shreds because you'd allowed a flaw to creep in. Because you neglected to investigate a possible line of research necessary for the corroboration of your theory. They were right to attack it. You weren't ready. Chan, how can you, of all people, say I wasn't ready after 15 years of my life? My life, too. All right, both our lives. Really, was that your only reaction? They were right. No. I think I felt sorry for myself, mostly. Yourself? Well, yes. I think I did. Oh, I had no idea. I really thought you were on my side. Well, at first I was furious. I hated them. Of course I was on your side. But then when I thought about it calmly, I realised they were right. It cost me my most creative years. Do you realise that? It cost me a family. So, towards the end, Dr Griffiths is rescued at great peril. By, at great um, peril? Yes. Another suggestion made by um, Marisa was that... Dr. Ridge, or whatever he's called. Is he a doctor? I don't know whether he's a doctor. Is he I a... believe he is, yes. Oh, right. he's a, he, he, Doc... I think he gets disgraced later on in I'm the I'm not series. surprised. 
Um, but then he should use Ridge to push because he's already infected with the spider webs. He should have used Ridge's head and body to shove past that spider web. Was her suggestion? There, there's some strange limbo they do at some point. I yes, on, on the angled set, which is but, a bit like uh, in, you know when they do those uh, setups with ants on uh, uh, Life on Earth or something. Yeah. It's obviously that's the way they they know how to film it. I mean, it's 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 patently a a, uh, a load of hardboard <laughs> cut into a <laughs> to a tube. But there we go. Indeed. I mean, the interesting thing about that again, though, is that when you when you look at the shots, the 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 shot from below is the location of the um, uh, the mine shaft. You know, there's a there's an up shot which is the mine shaft, and then the down shot is um, the studio, and they don't match it. <laughs> No, although I, I have to round. say, I did like one shot, which is when Ridge yeah. picked up Griff for the first time, and there was a yeah. lovely light coming down towards the camera, and that looked really good. That was the one moment I thought mm. I liked that directorial moment, but I, then I thought mm. it was probably an accident because the rest of it was directed so badly. <laughs> well, I mean, yes, I mean, that's, you do worry whether you were going to get studio lights in it at one point. Yes, yeah. um, yeah. it, I thought it was odd that they spent so long rescuing Griff for him to, yes. for them to die off screen. Yes. Just. <laughs> oh, well, I was like, died now. Uh-huh. And she, they uh, let her and, go off and make tea, and she comes back having been looking for teacups, and comes back with the tea, and then she's like, oh, your husband's died. I actually managed to find some tea in this place, so I thought I'd bring you a cup. What's the matter? Griff. He died half an hour ago. Mm. And, it's, and it's kind of and it, well I've written down it's so matter of fact it's like oh really? <laughs> exactly <laughs> we don't really care and, and, and I know I know by this stage she was resenting that she'd wasted her life with this idiot yes <laughs> but you know I mean again they, they, they put in these I think two scenes with her that were supposed to be high drama the ones with their, where they got the bottle of wine and the stew and the spiders <laughs> in, in, uh, when they're in their tent or hq or whatever it was yes, yeah which was sort of massive yes you know and then um and then sort of later on they had this you know oh he's died but i mean i i i i hesitate because i you know to criticize other people's performances but why do you make a glino in his career <laughs> well honestly he is jack rolf in everything isn't he somebody's nicked my bloody boat I yes, mean, yes. even to the, down to the fact that his partner in this kind of wished she hadn't wasted her life on him was just like Jack Rolfe and Dulcie Gray wasting a life on Jack Rolfe and all that stuff. Yes. She's not... Uh, well, he's... he's, he's she's... He, he doesn't... He's not your typical idea of how scientists are performed. No. Even even Indiana Jonesy type ones. No, really not. <laughs> you know, he, he's... Uh, it's, it's an odd piece of casting. And, um, you know, yeah... I mean, when when you think about uh, the other, I mean, he plays in, in in getting back to Blake Seven. He plays the captain of, of course, the, the yeah. London, yeah, and um, he plays it exactly exactly the same. I've never seen a ship like that before in my life. She seems to be drifting, Mister Rager. Maintain this distance, All right, sir? Try and make contact, Mister Ardix. Sound and vision. Which again is fine if you carry Grant. That works, you know. Yes. I mean, people want to see a Cary Grant film, you know. But <laughs> I mean, I've been cast because I do it this way. To be fair, to be fair, yes. I do think Glenn Owen, when he's in Spaceball, 
um, mm. in Blake 7, that he actually plays it well in terms of like not being really interested in what happens to the prisoners and being yes. at the end of his career. I think there's a, the shades yes. to that. Yes. But right. then I suppose maybe he's played, he's always cast as someone who's not done very well in their life and has regrets. So maybe that's just... Yes. So maybe maybe not, that's just him. That's just him again. So actually, I've convinced myself of nothing there. I've, I've been typecast. Yes. <laughs> as, as, as this miserable booker. Yeah, well, Glyn, you are a miserable booker. Oh, that'll be it then. Yeah. <laughs> I also wrote down one word, which was cardigans. Uh, well, there's a fascinating uh, subplot of Joby. Is it Joby? Is it Joby? Joby? Joby Blanchard. The northern... The Northern Scientist Computer Programmer. Yes, chap, him. Who, uh, so they go, they go back to Doomwatch headquarters mm. and he's supposed to program sorts of nonsense. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, and it's like, well, he's on the cast list. We've got to give him something to do. And he never leaves the... Um, well, he rarely leaves the confines of his computer room. No. He comes out and he's very Northern, waves a few curly printouts at people and... <laughs> and recedes. And generally... Yes. Yes, disappears again, and that's fine. Yeah. Northern voices, uh, all, all in favour. Yeah, know, don't get me wrong. Um, yeah. mm -hmm. But it's a, it's a, it's a difficult. One. The other interesting thing about this season is John Nolan. Who's that? I don't, John Nolan, who plays Jeff Hardcastle, who's one of the Doom Watchers. I think he's the uh, replacement to um, uh, Robert Powell. Okay, I don't, even remember, I don't even remember him in this. So he's not in this much, oh, okay. but, but the, interest, the interesting thing about him is he's the one who went on many, many years later to be the chief villain in Person of Interest. Okay, I don't know that either, uh, sorry. As a very, well, it's an American series, and okay. it, but, but it's like he, he, he's very old, and then you sort of look at his credits and you think, Doom Watch? <laughs> so he did this big American series. I think he, he uh, he's some relation to Christopher Nolan. Not sure, but I think he is. And um, and yeah, and and, so, and here he is as a vibrant young thing with a side parting and masses of hair, Gosh. walking around not being Robert Powell. Basically, <laughs> yes. I don't think he comes back for the third year, but I may be wrong. Mm -hmm. So this was year two. Remind me, this was part of this year was two. year two. This okay. this is the the difficult second year. God, it yes. was. Yes. Um, I mean, having had that sort of end of season uh, thing, which really did, you know, get the imagination with the and and actually killing off. Yeah, I'm spoiling the plot here, but you can't see the episode because it's lost. Yeah, but, I don't think it's uh, spoiling the plot. We've had this about spoilers, honestly. 1970, yeah. what, 1970. Yeah, you've, you've had time to find yes. it. Yes. yes, and. Um, <laughs> And basically, the first episode of season two is Who Killed Toby Wren? Yes, so, that you know, gives you all the clues you need. Bit of a clue. Yes. You know. He's not still hanging on under the pier, generally. <laughs> oh, we found him. Hurrah. Yeah, or bits of happen. him. Bits of him. He's like in Tomorrow the Rat. <laughs> yeah. Strangely enough, it'll take Robert Powell a few years to do a second coming, but this isn't it. <laughs> oh, oh, well done. <laughs> there had to be a Jesus joke in there somewhere. Um, I do have to ask you. What do you make yes. of Quist? Do you like Quist? Oh, and God. do you think I like Quist? That's my next question. I find uh, John Paul a very difficult actor to like. Yeah. And I'm somebody who really likes Quatermass. Okay. And he's kind of playing Quatermass, yeah. but not very, not particularly engagingly. Yeah. Uh, if that's not. Uh, he basically seems to be there to read the stuff out of the 
the articles and the newspapers that that's put in the script. He's, mm. he's he's got a role to play, but he's not he's not the Doctor. He's not Quatermass. He is sometimes a bit worthy, yeah, and sometimes very misguided, uh, and sometimes certainly in this one. I mean, I mean. Well, actually, in both of these episodes, he really isn't interested in the thing he's been no, sent to investigate. He isn't. Which, considering it's supposed to be his baby, you know, Doom Watch is his thing. It's, he set it up. It's all. He's supposed to be totally excited about everything, and any any government interest at all should get him interested. He's very world weary, and it's it's an interesting performance. I don't I don't think he's the best thing about Doom Watch. No, I also think he's he's such an authoritarian, patriarchal old curmudgeon that I really struggle with that and a lot of times in this episode Dr Faye Chantry I have to say her full name every time um, absolutely um, who was Faye bi- Faye <laughs> was a biologist she was yes. coming up with all of the horribly dull expositionary dialogue uh, um, mm. dialogue about um, the virus and about yellow fever mm. and everything but he occasionally would summarise it because oh no, we need a summary from a man now because she said mm. all this stuff and I need to now summarise that and make it out like I knew this all along and he doesn't. It was so... I need to say it again, but with authority. Yes, it was horribly sexist. Yes. And I really struggled with that. Now let's speculate. What if the spiders, having eaten Dr Griffith's virus, along with the moths, are breeding a new lethal form of virus inside their gut? Oh, leave off. You'll be telling me next that the webs are affected. Why not? It's a projection, but a logical one. As a spider spins out its web, it impregnates the web with a new virus, which could be similar to yellow fever. Fuck, surely. Maybe, but right now it's the only thing we have to go on. We'll soon find out. Faye, get me some of those spiders and their webs. And John, you go with Mrs. Griffiths and see if you can find her husband. But be careful, all of you. We don't yet know whether the spider is infected or not. But don't let either the spider or the web come in contact with your skin. Be very, very careful. To be fair, uh, I do think again part of the structure was that they all had different episodes where they took the main, uh, the lead role, mm. to a certain extent. But uh, but in this one, I mean, really, they're all the, the Doom Watch aspect of it is really quite backseaty in many yes. ways. It's mostly about uh, the relationship between uh, uh, Stepford Mead and Glyn Owen, yes. their characters, and a rescue for for Ridge. So Ridge. Is doing all these rest. He he flies over by jump jet. I did like that line. I did. I missed that. I was probably yeah, they, nodding they, on the. They sofa. put him on a jump jet so he could get there quickly. I, I, I felt a, a warm glow <laughs> of nostalgia for the use of the expression "jump jet." Although obviously, I suspect that uh, that was probably his nickname on set. <laughs> I don't want to know what Ridge's nickname was on set. My <laughs> God, do you know he played John Steed? Do you know he played John Steed on stage? Who did? Simon Oates? Uh, Simon Oates. Really? He, I bet he, that he was, was horrible. The, he, he was one of the only other people to play John oh, Steed. Fact well, the only other person. The only person to play him while, while I think, while... Uh, well, no, because uh, Patrick Mundine was still alive when they made the Avengers mm. movie. But the only person, certainly while, you know, in, in the between between the two series, he was the other person who played John Steed on stage with Kate O'Mara, strangely. Oh, gosh. I, I, I would like, fact. I would like to, yes, very good. I'd like to postulate a theory. Every man was ugly in the 1970s. That, that's my theory. <laughs> I have I've never really got to the bottom of what happened to hair. <laughs> well, not just hair, faces, honestly. Fatty well, faces, honestly, <laughs> fatty the, faces. The, 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 <laughs> well, put it this way. I, I think maybe in, in, since then we've got so used to seeing... 
you know, chiseled cheekbone, uh, yeah. you know, people that actually it looks more unusual. It probably just looked like middle-aged blokes. I know, but, but maybe that was blokes. it. Maybe it's just that, yes, the middle-aged blokes were on everything because they were in charge. But, so they were the yeah. people who were pushed forward. I mean, and I don't um, think they are now. Yeah, know? I mean, honestly, I don't want to see a return to seeing John Savident in the sauna any time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know that was the high point of the episode. <laughs> oh with, his, with, his, with his laurel oh. leaves. You know, I, I would have forgiven this so much if those spiders... <laughs> if, if you hadn't started with that. Yes, and if the spiders had just moved a few legs, honestly. Yes. And if mm. they terrorised Stephanie Bidmead, you know, maybe crawled across her face, something mm. like that. It would have been so much more interesting. But, oh well, my the, God. The, the photograph on the IMDb page is her staring at one. I know, and I, th- I saw that and I thought, oh, this will be exciting. No. Yeah. yeah. Well, she doesn't look like she has a mask of terror on her face. It's true. She's like, no. what happened to my career? Yeah. She, th- she didn't realise that Galaxy 4 was the high point at the point of Galaxy 4, but there she's looking back <laughs> and thinking, they threw it away. I had a soliloquy in Doctor Who and look at me now. <laughs> I'm sure that's how they all think, really. Yes. It may be that we shall kill neither the will nor these earth creatures. Not with our own hands, that is. It may be better for us to escape in the will's spaceship and leave them here. And then, when we are out in space, we can look back. We will see a vast white exploding planet and know that they have died with it but we will not see them die you will not but i at least have enough intelligence to imagine it fear the horror the shuddering of a planet in its last moments of life and then they die so I think we ought to move on from the web of <laughs> web of fear to <laughs> sex and violence, untransmitted um, final series from 1972, directed by yes. Daryl Blake, written by yes. Stuart Douglas. I believe so. Um, With two S's. Thoughts. Sex and violence. Again, it's an interesting uh, idea. A lot of it is very wordy i still think that actually if you broadcast it today people would go what the actual that's now totally it uh, totally. i when 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 i switched it off i actually felt unclean because it felt that 50 years ago people were telling us this sort of thing was going on I know. and we're not listening and here we are and now it's happening i know and that that I actually found frightening. I switched off. I felt absolutely like I'd been hit around the head with a haddock, you know. Yes. I was uh, I was gobsmacked. We sat gripped the last 10 minutes. We sat absolutely yes. gripped. And I wrote down so many notes just about what was said in the last 10 minutes. So we should... Yes. So let me... Should I do the synopsis first, though? You, you should. Or do you want to do it? No, no. Okay. You, you go ahead. Okay, synopsis for Sex and Violence. Um, Quist is invited by... Whoever that minister guy is, CJ. I didn't get where I am today. CJ, yes, we are being. <laughs> it was. It was. Yeah, I know, I know. We're not taking it seriously. But yes, it was CJ. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I believe he is known as the minister. Yes, that's it. Invites Chris to to um, be interested or get too much interested in this panel, this subcommittee that is exploring the effect, damaging effect of sex and violence on not just children but also adults, society in general, and his partner, I believe, Anne Tarrant. 
Um, mm-hmm. Amazing that Terry Nation didn't write this, seeing as she was called Anne Tarrant, <laughs> is, <laughs> is part of this subcommittee. Yes, yes. Which is making a seemingly arbitrary decision <laughs> on whether um, the law should change around sex and violence and its um, proliferation through media or whatever it is um, so that the country can be saved from bad things. From itself. From itself. <laughs> meanwhile... And the evil evil of titillation. Meanwhile, a character yes. called Ballantyne, Arthur Ballantyne, who's, who we will return to later in all oh, his yes, sickening glory, um, is funding a, a sort of Mary Whitehouse group called Housewife. Mm. Led mm. by a woman called Miss by Mrs. called Mrs. Catchpole, who's played by June Brown, um, dot com, no less, and she's inciting housewives to start taking action against yes. um, this terrible this moral decline, proliferation of porn. Yes, Absolutely. the permissive society, which was the phrase Ooh. they used back then. Today's subject is permissiveness. We all agree, I think, that it's getting too much. I mean, you look about you today, and all you see is nudity and filth. There is a rising tide of filth that is going to swamp us. All our precious values are being spat on by filth merchants. Films, television, books, even, I read the other day, the opera. It is a swamp of iniquity, and it is going to drag us down unless we, as mothers, do something about it. I mean, you can't turn on your television set these days and remain decent. How can you take your kids to the pictures? You've got to avert your eyes from every poster you see. It's shameful. And I'm not having my son taught in school about kind penises and vaginas by long-haired perverts. It's all a conspiracy, that's all it is, to drag us down into the swamp. Call themselves intellectuals. Can I just open with two words? And my words are... Yes, okay. Dick Burns. <laughs> I know. I yes, absolutely. Dick Burns. Not 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 the not the alternative priest on Craggy Island. <laughs> But you actually, in an episode called Sex and Violence, you give a character the name Dick Burns. A porn star name. Played by Christopher Shittel. Um, Shittel? Yes. Shittel? Eric Pollard Indeed. from Emmerdale. Which isn't much better. No, it's not. Far. But he's playing this, this I mean, pop singer. I mean, played himself, as it were. Yeah. <laughs> played himself. This pop singer who's on the committee. That committee is hilarious. When they introduce every yeah. member of the committee, they suddenly flash yeah. up on a board their name and who they are. Oh, oh, it's so funny. <laughs> so you get actually about five seconds. I actually took a photograph of it off my TV. It's basically five seconds of it just says Dick Burns. It's brilliant. <laughs> now, the interesting thing about that is there was a real committee that Cliff Richard was on <gasps> about oh, the same time. So that. it's not subtle. It's oh, basically it's that committee. And Cliff Richard was on that committee. It, there was a, the Cliff Richard oh, was funny. on a committee in in the Doom Watch book by Michael Seeley, available at all good uh, bookshops. Oh gosh, yes, we should uh, mention that. Yes, it's because it is a very good book. Um, although it takes you a while to find out where sex and violence actually is in the running order from that. Okay, <laughs> but um, I, I I thought, oh no, they missed it out. Why have they missed it out? Oh no, it's there. So that's fun. Mm. So from a, from a Doom Watch angle, yes. um, they very much although Anne Tarrant's quite a key part of it and her psychologist. Yeah credential makes her quite valuable i think to the scenario yes. um quist yes. is very much backseat and i i, I yes. have questions about this having been through the oxbridge university committee system for too many years the idea right. that he can just sit there on the sidelines and not actually be a member of the <laughs> subcommittee really bothered I mean, basically, me basically <laughs> basically he starts the episode saying not my area 
uh, and then they have to say, oh, but it's pollution of the mind. Yeah, so therefore it and is relevant. reluctantly let, lets his girlfriend go off. And, yes. I, I believe they are a couple by this stage. Yes. He lets them go off and um, while he sits at home and reads book about books about orgasms. For <laughs> <laughs> However... <laughs> You, you joke about that, but that's absolutely what they have to do in this program. Um, yes. They have to um, go and watch porn, go and watch yes. films, and see yes. whether how they feel about it. Yes. <laughs> how do you how do you feel? Well, I don't remember having one myself. <laughs> and what's anyway. brilliant is the BBC actually had to make soft porn. For <laughs> oh, I know the director apparently it was according to the book, he was really, really, really didn't like doing it. And they, and they hired this hotel suite and made this fake, <laughs> I know <laughs> this fake porn movie because they couldn't actually get a real one because somebody at um, they went to a Soho cinema or whatever, yeah. And they and, and the man in the cinema thought it wasn't the sort of thing that the BBC should be broadcasting. That's, isn't that brilliant though? That's a whole story in itself. <laughs> It's but, amazing. He thought, oh, yes, I'm prepared to show it to my punters with their uh, uh, raincoats and what have you, but um, you know, if it was on my television, I'd be appalled. No, what I didn't understand was, well, after they had the viewing of the porn film, they, well, mm. it wasn't porn, really, was it? It was the softest porn no. imaginable. But, um, no. but the person said, someone stands up and said, it's impossible. <laughs> film. That's that was the reaction. The, that's the that's the musician. It yes. was. Why did he say it's impossible? What he, he was he was so offended by it, and then <gasps> and she was sort of saying, "What well, you titillated by it?" And he's sort of just going, "No, no, you couldn't do that. No, no, no." no. Well, Mister Burns, what do you think about that? Well, I can't believe it. It's ridiculous. Do you feel contaminated? Me? I think I'd laugh if it wasn't so sad. I mean, it's impossible. But that was weird because it was just people wandering around in their underwear. Yeah. What was impossible about it? I don't really well, was lost by that. And maybe that just flags that... up that I've watched too much porn. But honestly, well, it just well, it was maybe like... I, I suspect it was just that there was uh, the, the, the stuff we didn't see was worse than the stuff. You know, oh, the I see. Is that the they, point? Because we see we see them watching it, don't we, as well, quite a lot. Okay. I mean, you've got. The, I mean, again, one of the problems with. I mean. I need to come to the question later uh, about why do you think it was banned at all? Yes. But when uh, when you uh, when you look at it, you kind of you're thinking to yourself, it's very very wordy, and you get these bits where you've just got the committee, and it's like it's like being in the audience for a meeting. Yes. And it's very odd dramatically. I mean, for God's sake, one of the people who. Who has to pronounce on skin flicks is Foggy from Last I know, I know it is. It's Foggy. I was like, oh my god, Foggy's on the subcommittee. And and you've got Bernard Hulsfall leaning forward with his pipe and being terribly. And uh, one point of he reason. says something terrible, but then later on he becomes good. So I was really yes. confused by the committee because they said some outrageous things, and then I felt as the episode went on. I was mm. more on board with what some of the committee were saying. He, I, mm. I gave a big tick to next next to something that Bernard Horsfall's character said, which was the, um, mm. we've got to get rid of these old absolutes. We mm. need to make sure that young people have certainty about themselves, their individuality and their personality. And I thought, oh, that's so good. And I absolutely mm. stand by that today. But mm. some of the stuff he said earlier about pornography, I thought was terrible. Yes. He, I also noticed the blame it all on American cinema. Yes. <laughs> what was he said about pornography? He said something terrible. It was infantile sexuality it was yes. only for mm. the sexually ignorant and depraved yes 
Yes. I was like, okay. And 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 there's a, and there's a thing he does about there's a thing he does about giving things their proper names. You know. Yes. Giving giving body parts their proper names and and the and the and the little old lady on the committee who is presumably Mary Whitehouse, being all shocked by him using you know penis vagina. There we go. We'll have to edit that. <laughs> no, we but, don't have to edit it. That's the no, point. no, precisely. That's the point. We don't. <laughs> and and <laughs> you know, but. But back then, is that why it was banned? No, of course it wasn't. We know why it was banned. Yes. We'll, we'll come to that. Yes, we will. I mean, the other thing is that the it is split very much into two halves. This programme is, the first half is sex. The second half is violence. The first half is some violence caused by the sex, ironically. Yes. <laughs> Don't you think it was because, quite an arbitrary distinction between the sex and then the violent? They felt like, right, we've done the sex now, we'll move on to violence. Well, it was like, it was like a committee meeting. They were, they were going, uh, you know, next on the agenda yes. with violence. Yes, it and, was. And the again, the interesting thing about that structure is that within the first half, you get the attack on on the scientist on on, yeah. on Anne Tarrant, which leads to the repentance when they track down the woman who who just got so incensed by the fact that she was going to see this porn film without even asking her why she was going. Yeah, and she was going there to research the committee, which is explained later. And then she goes, "Oh, I wouldn't have attacked you then." Yes, you know. but then she said, "But it's not okay to attack people anyway, love." Precisely, <laughs> like... you know. But this is this is this is the bizarre uh, thing, you know. You had to get some drama in there, so she had to be attacked and and have a have a a, a delicately uh, made up scar on her forehead, and and this woman had to. Uh, who was it? The um, uh, Vivian Sherard, wasn't it? Was it Vivian Barbara Mason? Oh yes. <clears throat> she had to play or was it Angela Crow? Mrs. Hastings, that was it. Angela Crow played Mrs. Hastings. Yeah, she had to do the she had to do the um oh I'm I'm terribly, you know. And then she had to be analysed. And my favourite line of, of the episode when, one of my favourite lines yeah. of the episode was when um Dr. Tarrant said to um What do you think about excrement? <laughs> <laughs> Is that disgusting? <laughs> oh yeah. Yes. Define disgusting. Yeah, oh I know, I know. Who told you it was disgusting? Some girl at school said it was marvellous. That's why I did it. My parents were right. It was disgusting. Your parents told you it was disgusting? Oh, no, they never mentioned it. Why did you say they did? I didn't. You said my parents were right. It was disgusting. I don't know why I said that. They never talked about it. Your parents brought you up to be a good girl? They thought they did. I was a thief at school. I used to steal things. They never found out. If they had found out, would they have thought that was disgusting? Oh, no. Wrong. Bad. They wouldn't have been disgusted. What do you mean by disgust? Well, when it's... Ugh. What else is disgusting? I don't know. Excrement? Hmm? Oh, yeah. Your mother having a baby? Try to answer. I can't. You're making me cry. Then cry. No, I'm not going to cry. What are you trying to make me say? What are you up to? No, but it's very... That's a very intellectual um, approach. I mean, I, I know yeah. that uh, we've, we've talked... Uh, in other, uh, I think we've talked in other episodes about how intellectuals are seen as the enemy in in certain series about this time, but but this it, this is a very intellectual totally uh, reading of of sex and violence really. 
I thought it was, uh, I thought it was really good. I started off really having great misgivings. I really did. Mm. I thought, oh, God, yes. we're going to have a committee meeting all the time. Honestly, really? <laughs> but then I liked how it kept cutting away to different things, and particularly how yes. Mrs. Hastings, this person who attacked um, Tarrant, yes. was very much a lens through which the drama could use exploration of... Ma- the, well, they called it the maladjusted in society and how those people mm. who w- maybe weren't comfortable with sexuality mm. um, or never had a healthy relationship with sex um, yes. and possibly with their parents, whatever, therefore they were prone to violence. And I thought that was really interesting. And yeah. I thought it was... It's not something that gets talked about on television no. very much, certainly and that's not what in I felt, primetime drama. Even that 50 years later, I was thinking some of these things that are being said in this aren't mm. still being said enough. And particularly around confidence about people's sexuality and people being more honest about pornography or people being mm. honest about what they have hang-ups about i just yes. thought that was really interesting that it was given due screen time and mm. and then not transmitted yes well, exactly and this is this is this is the strange thing as well i mean because people do talk about this stuff on places like twitter now yes um and then they get pounced on yeah because um, you can't because yeah. because it doesn't fit in and so instead of these kind of barriers that we used to have like these committees to a certain extent people people's uh, boundaries are off now they're all switched off and everybody just piles in all the time yeah. and this is how people get uh, quotes cancelled and so on and so forth without knowing the full background to well, whatever the this, situation this happened, is it's, it's very... this happened to a friend of mine recently this week mm-hmm. um, a friend of mine who is very open-minded um, she works in Cambridge and she said something on Twitter that was just asking a question about mm-hmm. people who were uncomfortable with men now saying that they were women who were saying that they're a trans woman. Mm. Um, mm. Um, and I should say I'm pro-trans. I've got to be clear about that because, you know, even this is an issue, you know, dangerous on a podcast. Oh, yeah, it, it's, it, I'm pro-trans. It, yes. But this person was just asking a question and isn't anti-trans. And yet mm. then an anti-trans league of people attacked her. Yes. And started sending messages to her, um, to her account and really targeting yeah. her and then yes. try to report her to the professional body and all these different yeah. things when really it was just about this person wanted to have a discussion, which you can't have. Yeah. It seems that we, we can't have a discussion about most things yeah. anymore. Yeah, yeah. Without, without again, it, it, I don't think it's necessarily the easily offended. People tend to get offended on other people's behalf. Nowadays, yes. Which is even, without actually allowing the person themselves to react, which is which is even more bizarre and again it, it's part and parcel if you like of of if, if in many ways this kind of era starts the ball rolling on that kind of thing totally um and where we are where we are now in many ways which is which is far removed from the 1972 version but there's some middle ground somewhere <laughs> where we seem to have lost our way now Absolutely. because everybody's opinion matters yes but everybody's opinion doesn't matter because it's now the loudest voices that matter not necessarily the or the ones who can get more people to pile on, like you say to somebody, yeah. without actually say, listening to what they're actually saying. Because people don't is, want to listen to the nuance; they don't want to hear no. it. And they, they, it's black they, or white. I mean, yes. it really is. It's extremes these days. We're, we've been pushed more and more to the extremes. You can't have middle ground. You can't have grey areas. And that's 
terribly worrying trend. And the, the, the irony... It's probably got nothing to do with Doomwatch. No, I know, <laughs> but the irony about this this situation with this the trans community thing was that trans is all about not being binary and having all of these different options yeah. and all these different choices of gender and sexuality. Inclusivity, absolutely. And yet, <laughs> they hit yeah. this really binary response, which kind do of... Do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. It's, it's, there's a lot of that. There's it's a lot of that. so terrifying. Anyway, back to doing what you're talking about social media and stuff today. Um, is I was I, just, I, well, we, we we must. Well, sorry, no, you you were. Not. I was going to say, watching that subcommittee, I just thought, God, you think it's difficult now in 1972? You wait till the internet starts. It's <laughs> just oh. like you know, you think you're in absolutely. trouble now. You think you're in trouble. Absolutely, we used to look for our porn under the bushes by the railway. Yeah, absolutely. and it was fine. It was no, always just a click away. <laughs> Sorry, that, that, that's my subtle way of bringing in Joby Blanchard. Again. Oh, well done. Good work. <laughs> he gets his... He gets his, uh, he gets his uh, I've got to programme the... That's a glorious scene. Let's talk about that scene, though. It's brilliant. So Joby Blanchard's it, character has to process all the statistical oh. data to do with people's... About how sex affects people all around the world. That's right. Into a computer and come out with a yes or no answer. I know. <laughs> and he's, and he, and... he's beautifully... Irritated by this ridiculous <laughs> what, work. What's the actual? <laughs> he, he he may as well have just said "fuck off, Quist." <laughs> <laughs> Last episode, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here, the extent of nudity thought to be acceptable, emotional responses to erotica, guilt levels, etc. A et morality et judgment. That's what I'm asked to give you, Doctor. A computer is not a lot of things. You do understand that. It's not good or bad, moral or immoral. It's not judge or jury. Morals are not a question of mathematics. Yes, Fred, I do understand that. Now, but what we want is the answer to, to the question. Would a change in the law reduce the danger of contamination, A, to children, and B, to adults? I'd need to programme every human being in the UK into that machine in order to do that properly. National characteristics? Am I to do this job properly or not? As properly as you can. With respect, Doctor. There is properly and there is not properly. In my book, there is no such degree as as properly as you can. We're not coming back. We've not got renewed. We're yeah. not doing a fourth series. That's it. <laughs> oh, I'm in the film. Honestly, yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, it's hilarious. <laughs> but 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 also, it's the way they just dump all these files and files. And you think you look? I've got to type all that. I know. I mean, you think of these computers back then. <laughs> But again, Joby Blanchard's character, I don't know his name, keep, keep saying, he says in that scene, this Colin is, Bradley. There you go, Colin, Colin Bradley. Bradley. Colin Bradley, lad. Colin, Very Yorkshire name. Yeah, Colin Bradley. Colin Bradley says. You've got to get the, 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 the. Every episode has got to have a bit of Yorkshire. Yeah. It is really the Yorkshire guide to UK TV drama. Um, <laughs> it's becoming so. <laughs> he says, this is ridiculous putting all this in because it doesn't take account of the fact that we're all different and we're all human beings mm. and it was again a brilliant thing about individuality and I thought that was quite a strong message of this which I really approved of strongly yes um, and and indeed uh, <laughs> Bernard Horsfall would suck his pipe and, and agree with you <laughs> yes he would um, although I didn't agree with everything Bernard Horsfall's character said I feel like I must say that quite well, strongly yes well there we go <laughs> <laughs> bless him <laughs> 
Well, he's taller than I am, so he's probably not taller than you, but he's taller than I am. So he can have his opinion. He's allowed. Yes. And, and Foggy will protect us. Yeah, of course, the thing is that you've got, I mean, you've got Noel Dyson. Noel Dyson. So what's Bless she her. off? Because I knew her name, but I couldn't remember she's, what she's She's off. just, um, she's, uh, I think she plays the sort of, I think, she, isn't she the, the lady who plays, sorry, the woman, sorry, lady. The, well, she, she, uh, the woman who plays uh, the mother-in-law in in Susan Smith is oh, that her? She's the one who keeps something calling him else. Foxy. I'm thinking of oh yes, I'm thinking of something else where she's ethereal and I don't know what it is. She doesn't play uh, one of the clone masters in Blake Seven, does she? Or have I made She may up? well do. I've not I've not got the link set up here, I but think um, she maybe does. I think she comes yeah, down she... the stairway in a blue kilt, not oh. a blue kilt in a blue cape. <laughs> I'm making that totally up. Sorry, Blake Seven fans. I obviously don't know enough about Blake Seven. I feel terrible. I've just said that. I have to check. No, well, when when we do Blake Seven, oh no, that's B with Dumpy. <laughs> we don't need to research that one. Forget about it. It, it never existed. <laughs> we keep, although we do keep coming back to it weirdly. So there we go. I know. I need to check who Noel Dyson is now. You carry on. What were you going to talk about? <laughs> Well, I suppose in 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 the sense of we should be, maybe we would move on to the violence half yes, of the program. Go. Um, you know, so I can now punch you <laughs> for, for leaving for leaving me in the lurch. Like this. But no, but but I think the main reason this was banned was because of that. There's a scene where we are shown actual documentary footage of a terrible act. Yes, and it is appalling. And it still is. As I appalling. suspect. Yeah. I suspect it wouldn't have been, even if they broadcast the rest of the episode, I think that would have been cut. Now, even though it had been on television a couple of times uh, in uh, news uh, documentary, uh, things like Panorama and stuff. Well, you know, not World in Action, but I think it was Panorama used it. But it was a shocking piece of, well, it's a snuff movie, not to put too fine a point on it. It was documentary footage of people being executed yeah. in Nigeria. Yeah. And it is shocking and it is revolting and... It does indeed shock and revolt, uh, Dick Burn, <laughs> Dick Burns, um, uh, to the extent, and 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 he and 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 triggers a lot of very important debates about that sort of thing. Yeah, but um, but I think if if there's any real reason, you know, you could argue there are lots of reasons in the politics. There are lots of reasons in the in in, in the discussion of sexual acts and what have you that may have got it pulled but it would have been quite late night television this it would have been you know they could have shown it after the news yeah. you know, yeah. in the evening the, the, it would have been considered an adult drama and they would have treated it as such i still think that scene would have been excised i believe it was actually excised from the prints that they found and it was edited back in ah, really? when they did the dvd oh, well, that gives release, a big clue sure. to the fact that that was why but um, but um, but I, I may have I may I'm sure I read that somewhere I may have got that wrong but I believe it was it was put back in yeah. and indeed you see that I mean I I just written after it Jesus yes because it is it, I wrote down what, what I wrote down executions bloody hell is what I wrote down yes um, and because they are these are real people getting killed in, yeah in, I mean I know it's fifty years ago but but, but you know it's but real yeah yes oh it should never have been shown. Why not? It's revolting. Yes, it is revolting. What do you think, Mr. Garrison? Well, it is very alarming. Mr. Burns? It's terrible. What do you think? What is horrible, those are people. It is a documentary film. I don't care what you call it, those are people. How do you feel, Mr. Burns? How can they do that to people? You see? 
No, I don't see. Mr. Burns is nauseating. I must remind you that Mr. Burns is not a control. Oh, we're all control. Surely it's our reactions thereafter. Only to whether this film should have been shown. Not to the political and domestic situation inside Nigeria. It just makes me bloody angry, that's all. Angry what? At it's being shown, Mr. Burns. No, I mean, those are people. They died right in front of our eyes. Putting a massive aside, it's one of the reasons I still believe that Despite the fact people find it more and more shocking now, there are the the particular episode about uh, the death camps that's in World at War. Yeah, I feel should be shown regularly on British television. Well, I watched it at school in history yes. class, and I remember yes. having a profound effect on me. And it's made me never. F- I mean, it made me more interested in the war and in the the causes and anti-Semitism mm. and how horrendous yes. it is. I, that actually really helped me, even though it was so shocking. Precisely, and 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 I, and I believe you, you. You know, in terms of television, you can argue now that we are uh, uh, sort of protected from that kind of uh, being exposed to that kind of thing. I mean, it's not sensationalised in in the world at war, and yes. you know, it, putting it in a drama like this would be wrong. Yeah. But I think we still need to see things like that. You know, uh, I just feel that the desensitisation of society is you know comes from you know. If if you spend your entire day shooting, you know, prostitutes in a video game, that's going to desensitise you more yeah. than than actually seeing something like this. But this was, you know, even to someone as hard boiled, cynical, and who has seen it before, to me, I, I found that incredibly difficult to watch. The thing is, though, I think they could have cut around it, and they could have oh, had some absolutely. dialogue around oh executions, um, and they could have mm. just said oh that was horrendous. Um, mm. But I think that as a that's di- directorial choice, though the shock yeah. of actually seeing it True. is is, but, is valid. But I, I just don't think it's drama. But I do think that perhaps that's why it's not the only reason, because they could have cut that bit out and still transmitted it and had a bit of cover-up dialogue. I think it was just that it was altogether too honest and too challenging. I I think at the time all of it. So yes. that's my my view. And it's really interesting because. Um, on Radio 4, about 10 years ago, maybe 15 years ago, I was invited to contribute an episode of... Um, it was a series about Ban TV. And right. I I was interviewed or talked about the banning of the Secret Army episode and what did you mm-hmm. do in the war, Daddy? And someone else did the Doomwatch one. And right. I didn't listen to it. I remember that I missed it or something. Because I was only really interested right. in listening to my voice, obviously. On the radio. Well, obviously. I'm on the radio, darling. <laughs> <laughs> and Everybody. And it was really interesting because I spent a long time on that one working out why that was banned. And it was because yes. of the anti-communist rhetoric, I think, in that episode. Mm. But um, it's it's really interesting, this question of banning. I think one of the other ones that was covered was an episode of... Um, it wasn't Minder. What was it? The Sweeney. It was an episode of The Sweeney was another one, and I right. did listen. But it's just okay. really interesting thing about things that being are being banned back in the seventies. is is a really interesting lens on the time. Yes, it, I, I was listening uh, oddly enough to uh, one of our fellow podcasters, the Exeter Moss, uh, yeah. the other day, and they were talking about Rosa from Doctor Who, and and one of the questions they asked was whether a, a British production team should have made something that's so embedded in American history and whether that was the right thing to do and and you know and I don't think there was any sort of specific conclusion on that but it is interesting that you do kind of think to yourself sometimes you know who are who are we to dictate to other people what 
you know, what we make. We make films about Americans. Americans make films about us. Yeah. And and we, but you know, would we necessarily want to make? I mean, I, I know a lot of people make films about the war, in, and and make a position about Germany. But but there are there are certain things that we don't really we don't touch on when it it's other other countries. Yeah. You know, bits and pieces. You yeah. Know. And it's so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wish I did. <laughs> I lost that halfway. Never mind. But, so, but that was the point I was trying to make. Now, and, and the other thing, yes, the other thing we need to get to is Valentine. Valentine. Yeah, I don't know whether I'm quite ready for it. <laughs> You're not ready for Valentine. <laughs> no, I am. No, no, there are other things we can talk about. I mean, no, let's go on to Valentine now because it's so important. So Valentine's this character who, who we discover is funding the housewife thing, the um, these campaigning housewives led by June Brown. Um, yes, in lots of or, or, or mum's net as we like to think of it. <laughs> and we, that's it. We'll get abuse now. We get so. early clues as to Ballantyne because we find out that June Brown's a a racist, and, and yeah. she has a line about how she wants all the blacks packed up. And yes, oh well, that's again a very very difficult scene to, yes. to watch actually when 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 you just see her uh, when the when she's visited at home yes. and she basically comes out with this. You know, racist yeah. tirade, basically. Which is which, awful. Which, yeah. which, which again, feels horribly familiar. But it's done really well, because she's, she says all these horrendous things, and then she says, anyway, you've got some questions for me. And it's like the guy, yeah. it just cuts them, because the point is, we've learned everything we need to about that character from her introduction to herself. Doom, watch? Yes, ma'am. Well, it's about time the government sat up and paid some attention. We've been on to them long enough. Maybe now we can start getting some sanity back into life. Right. We're sick of nudes. See through this, see through that, disgusting pictures and films. Our children turn into little perverts by dirty, long-haired anarchists and communists. It's an attempt to tear society down. Back to the jungle, that's where they want us, so the Reds can take over. You know the Reds are behind it. It all comes from Moscow, you know. You know that as well as I do. You know who I think is public enemy number one? The Archbishop of Canterbury. <laughs> yes, you can laugh. You look at all his speeches. Every time he opens his mouth, it's come to the aid of some black. Look what he said about Rhodesia in South Africa. No concern for the whites, only the blacks. You see the blacks in this neighbourhood. You stay around here for a while and watch them. You never saw that disgusting behaviour in all your life. They will pack them all up. Well, God, glad that the government is going to take some action. Though personally, I believe they're weak. A lot of them, Tories, Labour, Liberal, needs a strong man to do something who's not intimidated by reds and long-haired intellectuals or a government of businessmen. They'd soon put a stop to these demonstrations and strikes, orgies and dropouts. A government of businessmen with a strong man at the helm. That's my opinion. What was it you wanted to ask me? And also, it's it's a beautiful it's a beautiful scene because she literally, she literally, he o- opens the door and and does this soliloquy at him. Yeah. And he doesn't say a word. No. Now, if you go right back to the beginning of the episode, you do get introduced to Valentine, although he's not actually introduced. Weirdly, that's where the uh, credit cut is. Yes, and you think he's, it's he's strange. On the stage. You think it's strange until yeah. the end, the last ten minutes, and mm. you realise he's masterminded this yeah. this group, and in fact. Well, he's an opportunist politician, isn't he? And he, he is, is totally... He says, he says as much. He is totally the Nigel Farage of 1972, isn't he? He, he is. I mean, the, the, when I first watched this a couple of years ago, I, I was kind of like... I was just sat there in the living room going, but it's just... That's, that's Farage. Mm-hmm. And this is 50 years ago. And all the warnings are there. All the warnings are there. Yeah. And when I rewatched it, I felt, you know... It's even even more Farage. If that's not yes. not too, um, you know, it's not too. I mean, he's so right wing, but he, he. I mean, 
In terms of the episode, he is visited, isn't he, by Quist? Yes. And they basically, he walks around his country estate talking about yes. how he's a common man. Because he's got money. And, and the, and the, and the uh, he's got the, vo- the ear of the people but and he all this kind of He isn't even far right and racist, though, in the sense that he's just using that in order for, for his power. own political gain. So yes. he and himself, just like Farage, I don't think he is racist. He's just using racism and people's fear and hatred to get whatever he wants personally. I mean, we, I don't know whether Farage is racist, I don't know. But the point is, it's this most disgusting, despicable use of people's idiocy yes. to get what he wants. Yes. I mean, he yes. says at one point, the character says, I did not invent racial hatred. He's just literally no. using it, what's there already, in order to, to get power. And, and I'm sure you're going to cut it all in there. Yes, I will. <laughs> Let's put it in now. I did not invent racial hatred. I had nothing to do with the repression of generations of children. The anger in people is what makes them strike out. And that's there whether you or I like it or not. But you use it in a vain and comical attempt to get a dictator's power. And why not, Dr. Quist? Why would you deprive me of the freedom to do that which is being done already every day by politicians and journalists and advertisers and businessmen? They make money out of it, they subjugate nations, they suppress minorities, and they do it under the mask of a so-called democratic society. It's their freedom to do it that we vote for. Well, someone else is getting into the act now. And if I am more than honest with you about my motives and intentions, because I'm confident, the greater the vacuum you create, the less ridiculous I shall become. Yeah. I mean, he even says, my time will come. It's, My time it's will so come. It's so pressing. Yes. It's like he's basically predicting Farage. I, I will come. Yes. And oh my god! And also that he'll be a joke in the newspapers. He says yes. I'll be a joke, but then you know the yes. implication is it won't be a joke for very long. No. I mean, if if oh. you actually put that on the BBC now, it would get absolutely pounced on by by the right as as being uh, you know an attack on their man and everything like yeah. that. And if you said to them, yes, this was made 50 years ago, they probably still wouldn't believe you. you know, or they would just say it's proof of the BBC's always been a liberal yes, den exactly. of communism or whatever. Which, of course, I, the thing that always fascinates me about something like Question Time is the people on the, on the left of the argument and the people on the right of the argument always think it's biased against them. Yes, and, and there's never enough coverage of people in the middle either. Um, no. It's all about let's do the extremes, which isn't isn't um... well. That, that, that's just entertainment now. Yes, you, ha- you have to have an extreme. You can't be middle of the road. No, if you're middle of the road, it's not interesting. They want conflict. They want anger. They want because that's what people will watch. Again, it's bread and circuses. It's you know when you think about the the uh, the the, uh, the this this nature of of having. When, when the, you know when they used to go on on the Clive James show about the the naked darts in Italy or mm, whatever it was, yeah. and it's that kind of lowest common denominator, get the people riled up, entertainment, and it's entertainment. It's it's this is politics as entertainment, yeah. but, but it's violence as entertainment. It's even sex as entertainment, yeah. and all these things are getting thrown into the mix, and we are we are sort of screaming down the ramp to the to the very lowest common yeah, denominator. Absolutely, and. The point when Ballantyne says, my honesty will enhance my electoral progress. The interesting Mm. thing is that Quist, unlike the BBC, says, Mm. "Okay, so I won't quote you then. Mm. He asks whether he can quote him initially when he's being so honest. And he was like, no, well, I'm not going to give you a platform. 
because you do not yes. deserve a voice because you're just trying to do this for personal gain. And the BBC, on the other hand, said, yeah, we'll give you the platform. Yes. I mean, um, and I had but, I had immense respect for Quist's decision there and the scriptwriter's decision there, but that's not what's happened, unfortunately. I'm a political opportunist, Dr. Quist, and I say that without pulling any punches. How many politicians whom you know to be political opportunists would admit to it? Very few. Can I quote you? Certainly. My honesty will enhance my electoral prospects. Then I won't quote you. It shows how society has changed. Yeah. Know, because the minute you, you don't do that, you're, you're not... You know, there's, what, what about press freedom? And I, I think that, that, that to a certain extent you've got to think about whether fr- freedom means the right to say anything or freedom is about the the choice not to broadcast something because it's inflammatory yeah and and freedom as they say i mean it's like enlightenment enlightenment is the choice yeah if you like yeah and and of course the the his they do cut in the end of the episode to you know making the uh, march 1933 hitler yes uh what he promised and is, is you know and how the german people effectively agreed to their own subjugation i think is yes the masses agreed to their own subjugation yeah and of course there's, there's that sort of um uh, that that final sort of dry computer result no change you know yeah he uh, says it twice actually basically no change no, no, no change. change and that's exactly mm. where we are now 50 years on mm. no change yes and I, it's just striking wasn't it and this is what the, I I'm I I was glad you watched it. I I I I know that the other episode is is a piece of shit. <laughs> it's not well. It's, it's it's not the greatest example of a series. I mean, we 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 do we are trying in these these yes. things to be. And uh, I think it's good like that, that we're not. Um, it's not a hagiography. You know, it's not going to be like oh we love it all. We think it's all great. Mm. It's got to be some things we don't like, and it's, you get. Uh, Good and bad. Series television has bad episodes. Yeah. I mean, it always does. I mean, yeah. you know, you, you can't get away from that. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, <laughs> randomly, we picked one because it sounded the same as a Doctor Who episode. Hurrah! Um, yeah. But um, but but actually, in terms of of this one, which again, like 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 we keep saying, was never broadcast. It, uh, it it's it's on it's on the DVD set, which is the one of the most difficult to find your way around that's ever been. Oh, honestly, it's ridiculous. They don't have episode names on the venues, even not even not even on the discs, on the discs no, or on the no. inlay card. Anything. No, there's nothing. just no words anywhere. Honestly, no, it's just, they should this be is, shot. This is episode two point oh eight. Although I do notice it's simply media, which were the the new name of sim, um, which was. DDHE back in the day, DD Video, when I first worked for them, and they were, mm. I was sorting them out then. They were a shambles back then, I tell you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't imagine that even it's even gettable on YouTube. So I think the only way, because I, I imagine it keeps getting taken off because of some of the content. Yeah. So, um, but I really but I, encourage it's, people. It's to worth watch tracking it. down. I really encourage yeah, yeah. people to watch it because it yeah, says so much about the... then. It says so much about now. It says so much about censorship. It says so much about society and this idea of a mind of a nation, which is still terrifying. Well, that last 10, 15 minutes, I sort of feel should be put on a loop and played to you know people. But equally, you kind of think they'd just be cheering along with it now. Yeah, they'd be like, um, oh, well, he's he's a self-made man. Yeah, yeah, he's, you know, opportunism is fine. No. Yeah. And that housewife this... is a perfect example of, of a Brexiteer. That woman yes. would be a Brexiteer now. No question. Yes. 
yeah. because she's looking for a change and she doesn't know what that change means but she's looking for things to be better and morally right yeah. and yeah. you know it's just oh, yeah. you shape the mind of a nation i believe he, uh, yes you know uh, and and i think you know it, it it i i you can you can you know i mean the doom watch you know has its silly moments and you and you can reasonably say you know, it's of its time and it's dated and, and some of it's very stagey and everything like that. But when it was on message and when it was actually trying to make, a, and, the, and the writer involved was really trying to make a really powerful point, it's very powerful television. Totally. And and that proves it. And of course, it was so powerful they didn't broadcast it. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So I'm very glad that you chose this episode because because I thought it was... I thought it was so um, thought provoking. I, I couldn't say that it was really good because the effect is no. not that meant to be that. Even though, is it? You're not meant to enjoy it. I don't think you're meant to enjoy it. You're meant to sit and think, "Shit." <laughs> if, if well, if you watch it dis- dispassionately as as a piece of television, it's it's you know the structure's all over the place. Yes, lots of it is people sitting around a table and. <clears throat> having a meeting. And you could argue that <clears throat> you could argue that really it's not really a case of doom watch at all. Which is what Chris yes. seems to say. I mean, he's, 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 he's no, like, he yeah, says at the end, absolutely. "I'm still, I'm, I can't come to terms with my brief." No, <laughs> which I, I wanted know. to add a, an extra S to that, but <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm thinking, of, now I'm thinking of Quist in that horrible soft porn film, and I don't want to. And now I'm back to John Savadent in the sauna again. I don't want to be there. Uh, <laughs> well, absolutely, ban it all. Ban it all now. It's destroying our minds, our tiny minds. Yeah, yes. um, yeah. gosh. It's it, it's an. I I do feel. I mean, I, I'm assuming that at some point in in this this run will will go to an earlier series than this. But 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 as it stands, this as as a, as a sort of uh, flagpole, if you like, for for se- early seventies. Yeah, sort of backstop, an BBC early backstop. Drum. Yes, it's uh, an in a, a, certainly an interesting. Uh, example of how they made television back then, sure. and uh, ad- adult grown up. I mean, I mean the other thing about do much if you like is this is this is if you like it's what if because Doctor Who was supposedly still for the kids. Mm. This is kind of like grown up science fiction or what it looked like. Yes, in nineteen seventy, yeah. or grown up idea of what science fiction was, or or it was not really science fiction at all it was science uh possible well, they called science, it science fact know. didn't they that's what they called yeah. it peddler and davis mm. yeah so you know and ultimately i mean you you read um you look at something like even the green death three i know i know people say all oh, that that environmentalism is is a modern trend but i mean that these yeah. these things were around 50 years ago yeah and totally. people were reading articles and trying to turn it into drama and we still we weren't paying attention then a lot of people still aren't paying attention now it's better mm-hmm. in some areas it's worse in other areas but um back then people were already talking about the things that now people are talking about openly as if you know why didn't you know about this and we sort of go actually watch doom watch mate. <laughs> yeah Although I do want to say, which isn't really an answer because they can't get no, hold of the box set, no. and even if they could, they wouldn't find out what bloody episode to put in. But um, they go, what's this rubbish? <laughs> but I do think what's well, something that occurred to me about Doom Watch that I do think that 
the production team and the actors in it were mighty proud of oh, it was you know a, a appointment television and the pubs emptied and mm. all this crap that they always say well not they didn't for 13 million mate even if that was the highest <laughs> but the point was that i do think i felt a disquiet about doom watch in the sense of particularly in this time of the coronavirus um which is mm. when we recorded this um italy's on lockdown as of today is that mm. um that it's deliberately sensationalist and also does not necessarily help. I mean, yes, the environmental stuff, yes, you should be looking at that, you should be exploring that, the threat of plastic and all that stuff. But when it comes down to just inciting public panic, which Doomwatch mm. sometimes did, like mm. with the rats and people were, you know, people yeah. overreacting to things, I don't think it's necessarily very good, back to the mind of a nation thing, to have people on no. this sort of edge of their seats about everything and ah, it's good if it makes people think but if it makes them mm. rash then it's not a good thing well i suspect that i mean uh television drama generally has to be more tabloid than broadsheet for want of a better yes. way of looking at it yes you're right uh, so so the stories they would have to tell would edge towards um tabloidism Mm. Or whether it was soft tabloidism, I mean, let's face it, even the tabloids were better then. Yes, but, they were. Um, yeah. But um, it would have to be more a more populist message. Mm. You couldn't just basically, you know, go off and get a, a, a the Financial Times analysis report and put that on screen. It wouldn't, it wouldn't do the same thing. The other, the other thing that I find um, quite strange, I think, is that there is this area of um, television. Where, if it had been made in black and white, it would actually probably look better now. Mm. And fashion, you know, five years later in terms of fashion, it would probably be more watchable. I mean, you think about uh, Survivors. Yeah. Survivors, whilst there are some interesting clothing choices, yeah. generally speaking, you could you can watch it now and you're not just laughing at the funny clothes. Yeah, as much. Uh, exactly. Uh, well, as much. Yeah. yeah. And and the haircuts and all yeah. this kind of thing. And and there is this kind of zone. And I don't know whether it's it's a flexible zone because you know back in the day, people used to laugh at the eighties because of the big hair and the mm. shoulder pads. Yeah. But but that becomes respectable again because people start wearing big hair and shoulder pads yeah, yeah. again. But there's this this. It's sort of 1970 to 1973 where there's a lot of television that suffers just by being very gaudily coloured yeah. and very um, fashionably dubious. I mean, it, was, it was a spectacularly ugly time in so many different yeah. ways. It really was. Because um, you, you only have to watch Public Eye, you know, which was being made at the same time yeah. it's sort of and, and later. And The Sweeney can still be shown on... Uh, it's ITV three that shows the swing, yeah. and it does. It doesn't look stupid. Yes, yeah. You know, I mean, you pick. You know, you okay. There's the, the odd kipper tie and everything yeah, like that. But but but, it, but there's the the actual. I mean, Ridge just looks like a. <laughs> and he's such a womanizing turd. It's just horrible. And also yes, and also the fact that Ridge. I mean, the the, the Ridge character is 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 he doesn't really look like a scientist. No, he honestly you know, isn't. He honestly you isn't. Know, no, yeah, and. And it and it's kind of he's he's being your action hero, but I mean he's Jason King. He is totally you know, Jason King. You know, yeah. He's, and it's it's and of course that is the era. You know, I mean that's po possibly what you know the audience they're looking for. Yeah. But uh, but it, it suffers a little bit from just people watching it now would go, what is he wearing, and why have they got rats sewed to their dresses? Yes. 
for instance. Yeah. But maybe yeah. most yeah. people would have had a black and white set still in 1972. Yeah. So most people wouldn't have seen the join quite so much. Or the blueness of the spiders. <laughs> I, I mean, you could, you, well, yes, you, but you could make those scripts to a certain extent with a bit of rejigging. Yes. Pretty much as per today. And make and, them quite and, exciting, actually. Yes. Absolutely. Apart from the web of fear. Let's, let's <laughs> never go near the Web of Fear script again. No. Thank you so much for suggesting it. I've enjoyed um, this look back, um, mostly. <laughs> and it's certainly got me... Hard to love. It's certainly got me thinking about some things. And sometimes well, yes. it's like, you know, the more things change, the more things stay the same. It's just... Yeah, and, well, and you've just got to basically every time anyone comes to your house and they sit them down and make them watch sex and violence yes do you want to see some sex and violence and they'll say yes and they know, won't know what's going, <laughs> going to happen next we'll know what's in them it's it's dot cotton <laughs> yeah it's not just dot cotton you wait nigel's on his way <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay radio fantastic see you again soon martin take care Tara. bye we look to a leader to do our thinking for it. And that's you. I know what you think. I cut a ridiculous figure with my 700 votes for making a fool of myself on other people's platforms. Bit of a joke in the newspapers. I'm not concerned about that. My time will come. All that concerns me is that my policy should be carried out, no matter who might do it for me. Listening to an A to Z of UK TV drama with Andy Priestner and Martin Holmes. Next time, Edge of Darkness. Andy here just to say Martin and I would be really grateful if you could write us a review on iTunes because it helps people to find the show on there and also it'll make us feel warm inside. We'd also love to hear from you on Twitter and you can do that at TV Drama Pod. Thank you.